Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome and welcome back to Soap Lore, the official gathering place for newbies, novices, and OG diehard fans of the golden age of primetime. I'm your host, Jet, viewing and reviewing the soapiest, sudsiest primetime storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. It is a day for Dynasty. Let's jump into Season 3, Episode 16. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids it's time to play outside or out of sight. Tell they no questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 25 or 35 minutes. Everyone else in earshot must abide by these rules. Be quiet, be cool, or you will be asked to leave in a very, very unpleasant way. Because it is time to discuss our stories. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lore. Welcome back, party people. I hope your day is going well. Welcome to another fun edition of Soap Lore. You know, it's been a little bit of time, but it is what it is. It is time to watch Dynasty. Honest to God, let's do a quick recap of where we are and where we're going. Adam has been exposed as a complete psychopath. He's painted Jeff into this tizzy. Jeff messed around when Bizarro and everybody tried to choke out Fallon. She's now in Acapulco getting a divorce. He confronted Mark on the tennis court at La Mirage, messed around and passed out because he was playing in denim. <laughs> All those afternoon tennis lessons were for naught when he got up against a real person and he has been poisoned, essentially. All right, what's happening everywhere? Well, Crystal still doesn't have a divorce, but her ex Marky Mark is playing both sides of the Carrington hyphen Colby women. Alexis and Fallon seem to have both caught his eye. Mark is an opportunist to do what he has to do. Y'all, that's enough of that. Uh, let's see. I'm in the Amazon Prime app now. Purchase Dynasty. Let's see what episode 16 is called. And I'll read the synopsis for you. I think I read the synopsis on the other two, but it's okay. They were both fine. Okay, this one is called The Mirror. Alexis is concerned that the doctors will learn the truth behind Jeff's illness. But Adam tries to cover by ordering his office remodeled a dot, dot, dot. Not a huge surprise, just based on the synopsis we knew fully. He already said he was going to do that. They need to cover their tracks. But Alexis is not good under pressure. Not in that way. Not when there's hard, cold facts in front of her. She was stutter-stepping all over the hospital. Even Crystal was like, girl, chill. What's wrong with you? So let's jump in. Season 3, Episode 16, the mirror i'm gonna watch this in real time and come back every 10 minutes or so you know y'all know me by this point if it gets exciting friend i have to jump in and do this for you i have to tell you what's going on welcome if this is your first time you'll get used to it let's do this i made it a whopping two minutes before i had to come on here and jibber jabber jabber jib crystal and cream is being escorted down the stairs by her maid it's clear this season Everyone takes her serious. I feel like her and Joseph have bonded over hating Alexis. And she's on her way to the hospital to get Blake, who must be by uh, Jeffrey's side. I kind of, I didn't forget. I guess I was thinking Fallon was in the hospital just for a split second. But no, it is Jeff. She's headed to see him. But of course, Crystal loves her cream. She is in cream pants, cream sweater with a splash of color. She's now added a larger than life cream cape to go over her shoulders to keep her warm in this you know, frigid Arctic circle that is Denver, Colorado. Meanwhile, over at Alexis's penthouse, she's also in cream. We're seeing her in a lot more light colors already. Is cream the color of innocence or is cream the color of new fresh money? I would say the Crystal and Alexis are sort of in the same spot. Crystal 
had the biggest glow up, obviously. She used to be married to Mark. Now she's married to the second wealthiest man in Colorado, as were Alexis was married to the wealthiest second wealthiest man in Colorado lost all that went around the world she has oil baron boyfriends new york time boyfriends alcapoco boyfriends and then she married the richest man in Colorado just in the nick of time baby she should be thanking her lucky stars every day so she's in her gown wanting to go to the hospital as well when in walks adam i'm assuming he's off of a fresh jog because he has on a yale sweatshirt and the hoest of ho shorts, the tiniest shorts I'd all but forgotten that men love to show their man thighs back in the day. I don't know how I feel about this trend. Like, it doesn't look bad, but I wonder what the conversation was. Like, why do we have, especially when I was growing up and then like in the early 2000s, the longer than baggier the shorts, they're better. Like the NBA, dude, I've never seen, it's like their underwear are longer than Adam's shorts. About 17 minutes in and enjoying myself thoroughly. So Adam and I share the same sentiment during this conversation with Alexis. He's like, listen, you need to get to the office because today, apparently guys, today is the day that they're supposed to sort of take over Denver Carrington. Alexis wants to go to the hospital and check on Jeff. And more importantly, she wants to make sure that no one, and I mean no one, does a test on him, figure out that he's been poisoned by this paint and that it goes, you know, it's basically the fingers pointed at her. She's freaking out a little bit. And Adam's like, listen, this ain't for you. You can't go to the hospital because you have guilt written all over your face. Mama, you are, you're tripping. You can't go. So I guess she agrees not to go. <clears throat> but just a few scenes later, we see Mark and Fallon. They're in Acapulco. They're not in Acapulco. They're in Port-au-Prince. Mark, too, is wearing a long sleeve short shirt and the shortest of shorts. Fallon has on a sweater in tropical climate. I'm not here to ask questions. This is what it is. I don't know what's wrong. This guy is beyond bizarre. Jeff is bizarre because he's been breathing in paint. Mark is just a weirdo. Mark knows he's good looking. God, he does that thing where it's like, if you're just really hot guy, you're a hot guy, just don't say anything dumb. Unfortunately, he says lots of dumb things. She's trying to mind her business. She's like, oh, hey, how are you? Sorry about last night. You know, I came down here on a mission. I'm here to get divorced. He pretends to be like, I totally get it. I had to hang out with this redhead last night and we drank and talked, talked and drank, talked and drank, but nothing happened. That's just not my thing. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's, she doesn't seem to care. So then Mark invites himself to her table, of course, as a soap opera. So they were sitting side by side at different tables. He then invites himself over to her table and he starts saying, you know, Fallon, there's more to me than just good looks. You, when you grow up looking like me, people just assume certain things about you and you learn. You learn how to adapt. You learn to smile. You learn to talk to people. Learn how to look good in shorts. As a matter of fact, I looked so good in shorts. At one time in elementary or junior high, this girl wrote a poem about my legs. You know, I have great legs, right? They're excellent. I kid you not. That's a little bit of soap opera theater. I promise you, I'm not even exaggerating that much. Who says that? And what woman is admiring a man's legs like that? He thought this was going to soothe Fallon. So she's just kind of listening. And then all of a sudden she goes, well, what's going on at La Mirage? How's the new, how's tennis going there? He tells her the tennis bro pulled a hamstring or something. Then he finally gets the hint that she doesn't really care a whole lot about the length of his legs and whatnot. But I'm telling you, I don't know what it was in the water in the 80s. Show me them thighs, baby. Man thighs all day. Oh my God, y'all. 24 minutes in. I knew it. I told you. I've been telling you this. I knew something was up with Adam. Adam is crazy, crazy. Okay. 
<clears throat> Lots of things are going on. I'll do a little recap towards the end. Some things I don't know how important they are. This one, it's definitely important. Adam does go to the hospital to visit Jeff. And through a series of very brief conversation, he comes to the conclusion that no one can officially or unofficially diagnose Jeff with any sort of condition. They can't say he's been poisoned. They can't say it's just like a neurological breakdown. Nobody has anything to say. And one of the doctors confirmed that even if they worked all day and all night, they still might not be able to tell. He was satisfied enough with that. So satisfied, in fact, that he goes back to the office, calls Alexis, lets her know, yo, I need to come tell you something personal, in person. Don't leave. I'll be there as soon as I can. But instead of him getting to leave his office, in walks his grandmother. Y'all remember his grandmother? His grandmother's doctor from Billings, Montana. Immediately, Adam is, is annoyed. Like, what are you doing here? You all on my nerves. Why did you just show up? Doctor claims he's going to visit his sister in another state. There was an hour layover, so he goes to see Adam. Oh, TV or not, do you remember the date? There's no way I'd leave the freaking airport if I had an hour layover. There's no way. Like, but they would, you know, he knew he could. Anyway, we're, we're not going to get into that. I'm focusing on the wrong things here. Adam's like, dude. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. I can't even believe they let you in. Doctor's like, I just needed to put my eyes on you. I wanted to make sure you're doing well, that you're doing well. Like he's emphasizing, he's kind of leaning in, clearly saying something without saying something. Turns out Adam may have experimented with some drugs in high school and had some sort of nervous breakdown. And the doctor likes to chop, check in on him periodically to make sure he's not doing anything weird. Well, the doctor takes one look at him. He's known Adam or Michael his whole life. And he's like, no, nah, nope, nope, son, something's off. Your eyes are just a little too bright. Did you tell your parents about your past? What's there to tell? I'm not telling them anything. It was just little drugs that happened. Adam has a past. Adam is for real cuckoo. So he just might be in, he might be having some sort of episode. This is fantastic. Man, I love a scripted, like a psychotic breakdown. Oh, it's just what I needed. And and just in time, no less. Kirby Curb. Kirby shows up on the scene wearing all brown. She's got on varying shades of brown, tan, and terracotta from head to toe. She even has on this hideous Afghan-like shawl tossed over her shoulder. It's suede. I don't I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure it was a moment back in the day. Y'all really love the monochromatic back in the early 80s. My goodness. Anyways, Kirby shows up to Jeff's hospital room. Finally, you know, finally brave enough to speak her mind. And it's fitting that she looks like an unwrapped sugar daddy because not the dude, the candy. Y'all remember that candy was like a piece of caramel on a lollipop stick? I'm telling you, exact same color with, uh, you know, a few different shades of brown throughout the outfit. Anyway, basically caping for Jeff this entire time. Yeah, I know he choked out Fallon, but... He's a good guy. She's talking to Fallon. You know he's a good guy. Now, this is the thing. That's what threw me off originally because she hadn't really made any other moves. She seemed to accept defeat and to move on. But there's something about him being in this chaotic state that she just can't take. And she has finally come to a conclusion. She decided for herself that he went crazy because of Fallon. Hear her out. So she shows up and Jeff is still sweating profusely. And he always seems mildly interested in her, which is weird to me because he jumped on Claudia with the quickness. Maybe he's learned his lesson. He's like, you know what? I got a bed hopping wife. The last girl I was with went cuckoo. She was setting me up. I'm just going to, I'm going to pace myself this time. Maybe I'll make my marriage work, whatever. 
That's what I'm assuming, right? So Kirby goes into the hospital room and she starts talking to him. And this is where my thoughts on her change. She lays it all out in front of Jeff that he's been under extreme duress. There's a lot going on in his life. And ultimately, yes, he might have attacked Fallon, but ultimately Fallon drove him to that point because she's just not good enough for him, frankly. He needs to be with someone who is loving and caring and sees what a beautiful, wonderful man he is and how compassionate he is. Ill na 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 na. She's waxing poetic and it is such a good speech. It's such a rousing, heartfelt speech that she drifts into a daydream of them rolling around in the sack. They're meant to be together, you see. She understands him. She's been in love with him since she was a little kid. She knows him inside and out and has always sought the very best of him. She is so passionate, y'all, in this speech. Mind you, she has her back to him this whole time. She's just pouring it all out. And she's like, finally, she gets to the point. Jeff, I'd like you to give me a chance. I think we'd be excellent together. I'm paraphrasing here. So what do you say? You know what Jeff says? That's what Jeff says. (laughs) This paint drunk SOB has the audacity to fall asleep while this woman is pouring out her caramel cocoa brown heart. What is your problem, Jeff? His problem is that he's heavily sedated and poisoned. That's his problem. That's absolutely the worst time on earth to tell somebody how you feel about it. What are you thinking, Kirby Kirk? You know what she was thinking? She's thinking, while Fallon's in Acapulco, let me go ahead and shoot my shot. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, okay, Jeff, I hear you. I hear you. But how does this make her a villain? Dare I say it, Kirby feels like she has the potential to be a super villain, if you ask me. Okay, hear me out. She has some sort of torrid past in Europe she's running away from. She's shown up out of the blue. Anytime a relative shows up out of the blue, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. There is always some foolishness chasing them. It's either a person or some drama. I'll pause. Am I right or am I right? Okay. Not only that, she has been pining secretly for Jeff, and she, although she's not showing outward aggression, she still seems to clock Fallon as not the type who should be with a man of his caliber. Leave that wound open long enough, she might flip. This episode, when she finally was like, you know what, Fallon ain't right for you. She's not the one. She's not good for you. That's a sneak move. To me, that's a big, big villain move. Not only because you are absolutely going after this woman's husband. Never mind the fact that they can't stand each other. But girl, you have gotten as close to Fallon as you possibly could. She's taking care of this woman's child. She's in. She's got an in. She knows everything about Fallon's comings and goings. She knows all about Jeff's comings and goings. She knows his strife with her. She knows Fallon's strife for Jeff. The formula's there. She's still, I'm not saying she's flipped yet, but she definitely has it in her, which I kind of thought from the beginning, like, hmm, I don't think she'll go fully quietly in the night. But then again, Adam is all over her. Suddenly he wants her to work for him in the capacity of an interpreter. I don't know how deep I'm going to get into that. Let me jump back in the show. But ultimately I'm like, Kirby, I see you. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Maybe, you know what? I just killed my whole argument. Maybe she did that because now there's a divorce. Either way, it's a little soon, right? It's a little bold. How are you going to ask to date this dude and y'all living in the same house? Like, what does that look like? Come on, Kirby, Thea. 
Kerbanisha. Surely her name ain't Kirby Kerb. Is that a short name? Is that short for like Catherine or something? Either way, Kirby Kerb was about to steal Jeff if the medication hadn't kicked in. I just rewatched that she, that scene to make sure I got everything. She didn't just pour her heart out about how much she loved him. She's talking about depression and how she was in a state of, she didn't think she was going to be able to pull herself out of it when she was in Paris. It was absolute misery. So she, she's reflecting on that, seeing that this is the exact si- type of anguish Jeff is in. And it's funny I use that word because Alexis used that word earlier too. He's in anguish. He's in despair. He's upset about this marriage and this woman that he's loved. He feels the same way about Fallon as Kirby does about him. And Kirby recognizes that. So dang it, she's not a bad girl. I oh, could kick myself. She's got the potential though. I really want her to pop off. I really do. She's fully telling him about, you know, the, the darkness of the heart and she gave herself time to heal and she hopes that within time he'll be able to do the same and see what's right in front of him. And this mofo, just as drowsy as he wants to be. Oh, she had to go over there and slap him. Let's see, this, this right here, this episode right here is what I've been waiting on. A roller coaster ride of emotions. Not too deep this time, but very good. Bravo, The Mirror, episode 16 of season three. Baby, no disappointments here, not a single one. I'm going to leave out a significant chunk because some fun things do happen. Alexis, who's been patiently waiting for a track to explode on, decided that today was the day she was going to burst Blake's bubble. Not at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. She made arrangements to wait patiently in his office wearing burgundy and a fly gray fur and waited for him to show up. He shows up and she drops a bomb on him. Now, unbeknownst to her, earlier that day, Blake had his own meeting. He had a meeting with her lawyer, actually Cecil's lawyer, who read everything at the will, who put in the tape of uh, Logan Rhinewood and whatnot. Yeah, Blake has a meeting with him. And it went a little something like this. Basically, Blake's like, yo, I don't trust Alexis any further than I can throw her. And I certainly don't trust her where Jeff is concerned. Basically, he just says, I want you to keep an eye on her. If anything funny happens, let me know. Not only that, if anything funny happens with Jeff, let me know. I don't like it. I'm going to jump in it. And you need to remind her during that time that, listen, Blake Carrington's company is huge. It's passive. And you don't want to be on his big side. I love his level of delusion. It is absolutely the level of delusion I need to have each and every day of my life. Just walk out here believing that you are that dude, regardless of just insurmountable amounts of evidence. So she waits and she drops a bomb on him that not only does she have Jeff's shares of Colby Co., she now has baby Blake's share of Carrington's. What is it called? Denver Carrington. And she will effective immediately merge the companies within the next couple of days. And she's going to be running the show. Matter of fact, she's like, I run you. I need you to let that sink in. I run you, me. Me, this lady, me, this brilliant lady who's beautiful or so I've been told. I own you, Blake. Bow down. The queen has arrived. Now, the only thing that could naturally happen in this is I thought he's going to have a heart attack or faint. No, his phone rings. And of course, it's the hospital notifying him that Jeff's test results are back. And it looks like he has some sort of neurotoxic poisoning. Alexis melts, falls apart. Music swells, closes scene. Superb episode on every front. Exciting two or three different revelations 
And it leaves us in a really excellent place for episode 17. Okay, that's it. That's all, guys. We're going to talk next time on the verses, verses, verses. In the meantime, in between time, take care of yourself. Be kind. Stay hydrated. Stay moisturized. And make sure all of your drama is on TV.